Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. Alright, we are digging into RRR. So as I mentioned on the last episode, um, it's a little different for us since normally we focus on, you know, more obscure movies, except when we have, uh, you know, April Fool's Day, Christmas, and one in the summer, we do like something very famous. Um, And this one's kind of in like a weird nether zone, because it's not like super obscure, obviously, um, but you know, it's, it's not like the shining or, you know, Dr. Strange love or something like that. Um, but it has become sort of a phenomenon, you know, both in the United States, uh, certainly in India and, you know, throughout the world, but I would still argue that it's, it's the, it's a movie that not a whole lot of people, um, you know, like average moviegoers are necessarily going to see a lot of people's like moms and dads aren't going to be like going out to see RRR. Um, so it's still kind of like more of a film person movie, I think. And as I noted on the last episode, uh, you know, one of our qualifiers for the show is like the bizarre. So, you know, we, we can like kind of stretch things a little bit when we're going into something that's just kind of like very strange and unusual. For instance, uh, everything everywhere all at once. I certainly want to do an episode on that at some point, And it has been a huge success and uh, is up for Oscars and very well could win an Oscar, but I would say still fits what we do for this show um, because it is quite bizarre as a film. It, it does challenge the audience a good bit. Um, so I think RRR fits for us, um, and so we are taking a look at this. This is a 2022 film, um, and it was directed, and I will preface this by saying that any Indian or uh, Southeast Asian names that I put out there are almost certainly going to be incorrectly pronounced. Uh, so my apologies on that. Um, but the film is directed by S.S. Rajamuli, and he also co-wrote. He has directed three of the top six grossing films in India. Uh, this movie had a $72 million budget, which is the most expensive Indian film ever. And it is currently up for, as of this recording, up for Oscars for Best Original Song. And it is the first Indian song to be nominated. Um, And some of the other panelists may have come across information on this. But I did see that it's not up for um, Best Foreign Feature. And a lot of people on Twitter and whatever were, like, blowing their gaskets and, like, how? How is it not? And then I was seeing, you know, often when these things happen, it's like, oh, there's actually an explanation for it. And I guess the way it works for foreign feature is uh, countries nominate their own uh, entries. So, uh, you know, so India would have had to have nominated RRR or, or, or put it up for nomination to be considered by the Academy. And I guess they didn't. I guess they went with something else. And they likely went with something they saw as probably like a safer bet to win uh, Best Foreign Feature. RRR still would have been uh, eligible, I believe, for Best Picture, because that's just kind of like, that's totally open, um, but it was not part of the the 10 that were up for it. Okay, so cast-wise, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure how famous some of the actors in this are in their native India. They aren't, um, 
you know, familiar to me, I'll say at the top that I actually haven't watched much Indian cinema or, or Bollywood. And Doug, I think you had some information once we get to you guys, like about like that this is outside of like what's considered Bollywood. So we can talk about that distinction. Um, but I, but yeah, I haven't watched much Bollywood or, you know, what this would be considered. But uh, there are a couple of actors that like, uh, you know, the Western world might recognize a bit. But our two leads are N.T. Rama Rao Jr. And he plays uh, Komaram Beam. And uh, he's sort of like a, a guardian for this, um, like this village. That's, uh, that's his role within the narrative. And then Ram Charan is Aluri Sitarama Raju. And he is uh, like a, a member of, uh, he's like a soldier within uh, the British occupying force of India. The film takes place, uh, what was the year? Did anyone get what year? Ooh, don't know. Um, uh, twenties, teens, pre pre World yeah, War Two, right? A little bit after, yeah, before World, before maybe both World Wars. Yeah. So, um, so he is uh, part. He's he, both these characters are Indian, um, but he is like you know an, an Indian character who is working for uh, the Imperial British. Um, and so those are our two leads, and we are following them side by side. Like they have separate stories, and they eventually come together. Uh, Aliyah Bhatt is Sita, who is Raju's fiance. Ajay Devan uh, is Aluri Venk Tarama Raju, um, and that is our soldier's father. Um, okay, Doug. Doug is holding up a card that says 1920. So that is apparently when this uh, takes. Place. I didn't want to Thank throw you, you that, off of your thing. No, sure. yeah, very good, very good. I'm really struggling with those names. Don't interrupt. Them. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. I'm 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 in the thick of it. I'm coming out on the other side here. Uh, Olivia Morris. Okay, all right. Uh, she plays. Uh, she, she plays Jenny. Uh, who is a love interest of our uh, guardian character. And then uh, a couple people that might, uh, so she's like a younger British actress, a couple people that uh, you might recognize. Ray Stevenson uh, plays an evil governor character, Scott yeah. Buxton. Um, and I know he was in like one of the Punisher movies. What else has he been in? Punisher Warzone, I believe. Yeah, yes. the second one, yeah. Um, remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, he's been in other stuff. Anyway, and then yeah. Allison Duty. Uh, I knew I recognized her when she showed up on screen. I was like, oh, wait, who is that? And it is Allison Duty. Uh, she plays his wife, Catherine Buxton, and she was uh, Elsa from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the Indy's love interest. Um, that's her most famous role. I think she was also a Bond girl before that. So I think she's the only actress to ever be both an Indiana Jones girl and a Bond girl. Um, so she shows but up. There's Roger this. Moore Bond, if I remember correctly, I, from my own research. I think so. Barely counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and then there's a bunch of other people in the cast that you can look up, and I'm not going to do any fur- further. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, like I said, this movie has become something of a phenomenon. Um, I believe it's still, like, in some theaters. Um, it was uh, at a local theater here like a local art house theater was showing it, you know, a couple of weeks ago or something and it was tempting. Um, but, uh, I knew I was doing it for the show and so I needed to take notes and everything. So I didn't go to that. 
But yeah, I'd say as far as the story goes, the backdrop is, you know, imperial British ruled uh, India. Um, And so you get that, you know, oppressive regime uh, going on. And then you have two characters that you're following. And as I've said, yeah, on any other show, there will be spoilers as we go. There's one kind of key spoiler, which we'll save initially. Um, But we follow two characters and uh, one uh, who is, uh, you know, our, our guardian character. He uh, is like a protector of this village, and a girl is kidnapped. Um, the uh, Allison Duty uh, just, just flat out steals a child. Oh, she pays um, good money for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I don't, a I don't fair know if deal. she pays good money, Eric. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they. The coins uh, they of take... nondescript value, I don't know. Yeah. So they take a girl, and uh, and then he is dedicated to bringing her back. And then, uh, meanwhile, our um, you know our, our soldier character has uh, has volunteered to hunt this guy down. They don't know who is coming for them. They know that there's a sort of mysterious figure who's like working his way through the country, and who won't stop. And so our soldier has been presented as just this like utter badass. And so we basically have these like. Uh, two very powerful characters presented and that they will be like coming head to head and clashing. That's kind of uh, the the setup as we go along. And then different things start to happen and we start to get some reveals and there's some surprises. Um, also along the way, we get plenty of action and spectacle, which we'll certainly talk about. And because it's an Indian production, we get lots of songs and dances. Um, so uh, there's a, there's a lot of that going on too. Um, also, quite a bit of spectacle and very interesting. All right, so uh, we can dig right into this. We've got uh, all returning people for this. Uh, we've had this crew before, but I can't think offhand what they've done. But we've often had them on some like action type films. It was Guns of Navarone, if I remember correctly. Guns of Navarone. All right. Eric has been on more episodes than anyone else and apparently has a photographic memory of each and every one of them. Welcome, Eric. Hello, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, and we also have uh, our, our brothers joining us here. We have uh, Doug and Devin joining us. So welcome, Doug. Hey, everybody. I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. All right, and Devin? Hi, I'm Devin, and I like to party. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to throw out there on top. Um, there's a little bit of production stuff we can go into. But, yeah, let's just open this up. Uh, all of us had never seen this movie before. We, we all knew of it. Uh, I think some people were very excited to finally get a chance to see this. Um, I'd been aware of it for a little while. It'd been on my list. Um, it'd been hanging out there, but I had decided, oh, this is a good one for the show. So I purposefully had like let it hang out there for the last couple months. All right. So uh, what do we make of RRR? Oh, so many things. It, there's a lot to make of it, and there's a lot of hours to make it in. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about it because I was just so pumped. Like the movie, like gave me an adrenaline rush, like the whole time. Like, oh, it I, jacks you up, <laughs> oh, dude! I was pumped, man. As an action fan, I thought the action was just great. I, I loved so much of it, and that's um, noteworthy. Like I, I, I see a lot of short YouTube videos of ridiculous action in Bollywood movies or mm-hmm. Indian film, and and I've never watched one. Yeah, I know. I don't know what. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I, 
yeah, I've seen clips of crazy shit that I would love yep. in an action movie that I'm just like, why haven't I liked it? I mean, it, the length always turns me off. They're always like approaching three hours. So it's like hard. This to, is like... three hours and five minutes, five <laughs> yeah. or six minutes or yeah. something. One of my first thoughts as I'm watching this is like, what have I been missing? Like, uh, there's <laughs> there's a treasure trove here somewhere that we have to dump. Oh into. yeah. I I I have to assume that you get the same kind of passion and energy level brought to some of the characters in those other movies. But sometimes in those clips that Eric and I were talking about, it feels like the character is like a little wooden because he's mm-hmm. meant to be like this unstoppable badass, and these guys are arguably approaching that, but like both very endearing you yeah. know in their own way i thought the two leads were very charming like i like their performances mm-hmm. and the, they also have a, clear a bromance show. that's for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah they give you a good 15 common. minute montage of, of them becoming pals that's were, did, did you just refer to them as smoke shows Devin? <laughs> oh yeah let's oh, not oh yeah, 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 yeah let's that. talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. like i i'm watching well you know you had beam I, 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 a tribal <laughs> protector and he's more like your everyday kind of smoke yeah. show and then you got yep uh the soldier Ron i feel that the soul like, the soldier's like just like knocked dead you know, like, he's growing knockout lab, gorgeous. You know? I I, I feel the the guardian guy's like he's like a teddy bear. That's yeah. that's what oh yeah yeah yeah. There. You're rooting he, for him though. Yeah. You know, but with he can Jenny. still throw down, which you know makes him. Oh yeah, here. yeah, with a fucking tiger. Can we just say <laughs> offhandedly? The first two notes that I wrote about this movie. Well, the first six notes are trying to figure out the characters' names, <laughs> but the first uh, two actual notes are like friendship montage makeover scene prior to gala <laughs> dance fight <laughs> like what yeah. is this movie you know, yeah the directions they go it's just and you know and in one sense a lot of times the movie is trying to like establish like pathos and drama but then it gets undercut by the silliness and but that's like kind of like i guess the appeal of these movies where it's just giving you everything yeah it's like romance drama action adventure like yeah it's like yeah every every possible (laughs) genre i mean arguably like because there's certainly yeah there's romance aspects there's musical aspects uh there's action aspects there are what you would have to say overlap into science fiction or fantasy aspects at least fantasy because of things that the characters do i mean the director referred to both of the main characters as being akin to superheroes so they are based on i mean very loosely based on like actual historical figures who i will say i don't know fucking anything about (laughs) but he did take these two actual indian uh historical figures uh who never met and he was like okay these guys were you know like powerful entities in their indian history and um what would happen if they actually like knew each other and were friends and um so he just so he just went and did like a complete uh, fantastical aspect of it. He said he also pulled from Inglorious Bastards, um, which it took, did which, feel yeah, it qu- yeah Tarantino a bit in, in aspects of it. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, I don't want to spoil anything. You know, uh, we we usually try not to spoil outside movies too much. But if you haven't seen Inglorious Bastards, it does like you know it's World War II history, but then obviously it diverges greatly from things that we know to be true. And he said he thought that was super interesting. Um, and so that was one of his inspirations here where he's just diverging from written history with these characters and doing his own thing. Um, but yeah, so there's this, that fantasy superhero aspect. I wouldn't, there's not really any horror. There's not like violence that gets to the level of horror, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much any other major genre, 
I would say the boxes are being checked. Successfully. Yeah. Hey, I, let's go into this. Uh, I, you mentioned this earlier, Linton, the Bollywood, Tollywood. Uh, yeah. So, like, I assumed that this was a Bollywood film, not really knowing anything about what that meant other than, like, you know, movies from India are Bollywood, and that's such, a, like, an American perspective now that I do just a very small amount of Googling. But, like, yes. a, apparently India has, like, you know, seven languages that are, like, all, like, official languages in different states, and Hindi is obviously the the big major language, and Bollywood is uh, is kind of like the film industry in, in Hindi. Um, and this is not, wasn't originally made in Hindi, uh, so it's not considered a Bollywood film. It was made in, in and again, I think it's Tamili or uh, Telugu. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that Telugu? Is Te- the language? Te- Telugu, yeah, I looked that one. Telugu, there we go. Yeah, and it's so it's technically what they call Tollywood because it'd be Telugu language Indian cinema, which is like in a different side or a different part of India and a different state, totally separate from. And apparently, I looked this up. The their film studio that they ha- their like major film studio that they have is the largest film studio in the world. It was like certified Guinness World Records. Mm. It's like massive. It's called, it's like a city. It's how big it is. Oh. This is uh, Tollywood Tolly- Studio. Tollywood Studio, which is in, oh man, Hyderabad? Hyderabad? Hyderabad, like yeah. Yeah, not it's so like easy Hyderabad. now, is it? It's, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> um, so I thought all that was pretty interesting. They filmed the whole movie in a studio? and you I think most of it was most of it was filmed in the studio. Obviously, the exterior shots and that sort of thing was they went all over the place to film it. But uh, more of it is filmed in a they studio than, than, yeah. you, than you might. Think. I did read that some aspects. I think like the big palace scenes were filmed in mm-hmm. Ukraine. I'm not sure what building really? building they used for that. But yeah, I guess like I was reading that one of the stars was like sharing information because the places they shot in Ukraine obviously have been like devastated now by warfare and so he was just like understandably kind of heartbroken that like this place that they had been to and that was beautiful is like now destroyed i I, like i don't know if like everything that we would see on screen was destroyed but just that it's it's not the same um not to uh bring it back too much to the light after such a very serious uh topic as the war in ukraine which i don't want to uh no we're gonna we're gonna dedicate the next 45 minutes to that Devin. We did get to see a lot of those places destroyed, and uh, I think, Linton, you said something that was uh, very serious, but uh, in the context of this movie and what we saw in it, everything was destroyed, I believe was your quote, (laughs) and boy was it. (laughs) This movie spared no expense in blowing (laughs) shit up. Well, that's one thing that actually I can tie in both your comment and what Doug was just saying is that uh, I I alluded to this earlier of like spectacle. And I I preface at the top that I haven't like really watched Bollywood stuff. Uh, It is a gap for myself, certainly. But I know enough about Bollywood. I know what they uh, what they tend to value and what they look for. And I know there's a lot of spectacle, usually, you know, musical and, and dance based spectacle. And we have some of that. But this movie just does that spectacle also with the action to a crazy degree. Mm-hmm. And so my opening comment on, on this is like the action. And I don't know really how this compares to some Indian action uh, in other films like Eric and Devin. Uh, you both are bigger action fans. You alluded to like having seen some clips and stuff. 
But like for me, uh, like the action is so over the top and the best way I could like describe it is it's like a Fast and the Furious movie, but if the cars were people. So that's really good actually. Because, you know, you just see in those the Fast and Furious movies, you just (laughs) see cars doing all kinds of weird, crazy shit. What we can do with this car. And then here it's just like, what we can do with this person. Yeah, like, cars can do especially stuff. when the people in this movie are riding the people in this movie. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> They're human centipeding at the end and just beating the shit out of everyone. Oh, I wanted that to be the rest of the movie. I wanted yeah. them to just they linked up. I hope his legs. So, of course, uh, <laughs> for those at home, we're referring to the scene in which they foreshadow that uh, your your tribal guardian guy is like big on leg strength yeah he's, and he can uh, squat. this was in one of the montages and the other guys just cranking out hella pull-ups on a tree yeah. and then they bring it back later when the guy uh with the arm strength can't use his legs but boy the other guy can <laughs> so they full-blown chicken fight and they're top and bottom and the one guy's kicking and the other guy's punching and they're doing full-on goro moves yeah and- <laughs> And when they I never climb wanted that end. structure, and yeah. Like, yeah, so effectively, <laughs> perfectly, they are one person you know, together. The one guy's like loading yeah. the guns and cocking them, and flips them up yeah. to the guy, and he shoots them, and he's it's like, uh, um, and but at the same time, it's just a, a silly like visual metaphor of like combining their strengths to form an even like stronger person, and it's like, uh. Well, that was one aspect, and, and I know that the action fans out there in our audience and who are literally right in front of me um, are, are just going to wave this away of, oh, that, you know, of course, that's, that's just what I want. But I did have a little bit of an issue with, I mean, as silly and out there as this movie is, there's an early scene where these characters bond. And so there's mm. someone, there's like a, I don't know, a, a bus gets caught on fire or something. Basically, there's like a some kind of fire on a bridge and a child is like stranded on this like little island in a river. And so one of them is like on the bridge and the other one is like... I Two miles uh, away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far yeah, away. And they don't know each other. These characters have never met before in their lives, but they've both been presented to the audience as, like, badasses. And at least one of them we know is a heroic character. The other one, we don't really know what his deal is yet. Um, But they both see the situation go down. And then they just, like, lock eyes from, like, seven football fields away (laughs) and do, like, elaborate, like, hand gestures. Like, they're giving, like, like signals to each other. And I'm like are they supposed to be understanding what they're doing? Like they both, they're just like badasses who are just telepathic. Yeah. Like they just know. Yeah. Like, well, oh, you're superheroes, un- man. It you goes have with to that understand Lynn, that they're, a, they're a dyad in the force. And that means that they <laughs> share a connection that we can't understand. Yeah. It's, well, anyway, it, it's, this so is they... the idea of like, they're able to do stuff strength wise and speed wise that people can't do. And then, and so let's extend that. What else can they do? They have super like an instant bond somehow, or they have a connection yeah. somehow or whatever. And I love the idea of them not explaining that. Like in every American movie, like it's like, yeah, there's going to be this really superhero character. It's, but it's because he's a science 
science experiment, or he's been given super strength through some sort of program, or he went through this training to do this and this and this, and we show that training, so we we make it believable, but in this one, they just exist, and they are, and they never explain it, and we just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I'm just like, and I, I found myself just accepting it. I'm like, oh, I accept yeah. that, that this is what they are. I, I mean, the, when you I, open things for characters in, with, with that opening action sequence where it's just like, hey, we need to present this guy as a badass. And then the fight choreographer's like, oh, hold yeah. my beer. And it's just like this ridiculous over the top, but so well done at the same time of him just beating up an entire crowd of people by himself God. with a stick. And, and, oh, this is a perfect time for me to mention one of my favorite aspects of this movie, and it's the theme song that they use for that character. Oh, hell this yeah. This is the soldier yes. character. Yes. Such a badass song. Yeah. If I could just have that going on my phone while I'm walking around town, that would be the perfect Right, and that's thing. to say, because like, for me, the score overall was uh, all over the place and kind of a mess and sometimes made moments very hokey. But yeah, that theme, I remember every time it hit, it's like, like yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Never wanted it to end. <laughs> so, I yes, literally they, thought that uh, he was a superhero. They... Sorry. Good. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah. They they lock eyes and then they have developed an incredibly intricate plan to save this child, <laughs> where they're like running across the bridge at opposite angles and jumping off the bridge simultaneously, <laughs> never speaking to each other, never yeah. saying like, oh, hey, like getting together here for 10 seconds. Oh, here's what we're going to do, right? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. They just know. And they both dive off the bridge and like do this swinging thing where they're like using each other as like a counterweight. And You are selling uh, anyway. this so short right no, now. This is an no, amazing... I'm not, I'm, not, not, no. I'm not knocking it, to be clear. Like, it's super cool on an action level, but I'm sitting there, I was like, like none of this is like... Like, they're not making any attempt at like... I have a question. Like, pulling me along in a logic way. I have a, que- a question for you, Lytton. Knowing that that's how you were uh, experiencing that scene, understandable, because it's like our first taste yeah. of like what they're about to throw at us with these two characters. How did you feel about it the third or fourth time they did something like that? Well, later I think, no, I think later it's more understandable because then they're like, they've known each other. There's like a team oh, okay. aspect. They they like know each other as people and know what they can expect from each other. Literally, it's like one dude's on a bridge and points to another dude like half a mile away and like, you're my guy, right? And he's like, yeah. I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yes. Uh, and oh, also, boy, it was it was very each other's guy. It was very stepbrothers of right after that. It's like, did right. we just become best friends? And then from yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. we get, get like an eight montage. minute montage of like these guys just like. Which I I will say that was my only other like kind of issue with the movie. It eventually gets worked out a little bit, but we were presented with the soldier guy as like being kind of a traitor to the country you would argue based on what we're seeing and it seemed weird to me and i mean i'll just you know spoilers and everything it uh it seemed weird to me that he was just so like oh yeah this dude's my total buddy when it's like he was just like beating his uncle with a baseball bat you know like five minutes before um (laughs) And and then it becomes clear that no, he's actually he's playing a long con. He's really working for the country, uh, you know, on the on behalf of the country. And he's like, you know, basically a double agent trying to get you know get immersed in uh, in British India. But it's still, I guess, it was a little difficult. Even once I learned that, it was a little difficult. And not that I 
made me hate the movie or anything. But it was that that like that guy was presented as like so cold and ruthless in our opening scene with him that it yep. was such a 180 when he was like, oh, this man, my brand new friend who I will spend all my time. And he's on a mission. He's on a mission to find this guy that the British have deemed to be like an enemy of the state. And then he takes like a week and a half break to just like hang out with his new hey, friend. Uh, he was looking for him. <laughs> No, like I agree with this 180 bit because I lit and and the other thing too is he, they show him as this cold, always in uniform, where and he has the mustache, and then they switch and all of a sudden he's personable and he has a beard. Yeah, he, and he's and, like Terminator, and then he's Paul Rudd. But it's, and yeah, I thought it was yeah. a different character. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, me too. I did a double take. I was like, no, there's a third yeah. guy here. What's going on? And then it took me a second to yeah, realize. Yeah, I was like, when do we get back to the cool soldier? Like, what's he yeah. up to? And, and I'm like, like, wait a minute. Am I yeah. am I just racist? Like that? I think that they're. Like, like the same person, I'm just racist. They're they're not the same. They p- can't possibly. No, he was just that good at being a charming guy. Yeah, you know, that's what he was. Had And I don't know if I and like that him was better. The real with him the... all along. It's true. Uh, more attractive, I think, with a mustache than the beard. Which I don't usually say that. I'm a more of a beard guy, but this mustache <laughs> really did it for me. I mean, he was such a badass. He can pull off the only mustache look. It's very hard to do. Yeah, that's too. It's difficult. Also perfect bone structure so yeah it's got a lot going for him and he had a punching bag without a shirt on for a while we've got a lot of crushes going on in this episode punch right through the bag man i felt something when i did that yeah and like to your point before linton like i'm not i don't know anything really about indian cinema either and I thought that he was a superhero as I'm watching the first scene where he's fighting hundreds of dudes at once. I'm like, Oh, this guy's some sort of super soldier, Captain America, but evil type guy. And they're going to explain how he gets like that. And when they start not doing that, I'm like, Oh, he's just a regular dude. And he did all that stuff. Well, that's cooler. That's, that's maybe cooler. See, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't jump to it there. I mean, I think the bridge stuff gets like so out there for me, but the, his introduction where he's just like beating a bunch of dudes. And then the other guy's introduction where he's like fighting a tiger, um, which is pretty sweet. Um, and is shown as like being super strong and stuff. I mean, it's definitely beyond what virtually any human can do, and it's this you know crazy Yet. heightened thing. But but it seems similar to me of something like the raid or the scene in Old Boy. Like those are mm-hmm. movies where there's like a character who's just like wailing on a bunch of people, but it's presented in a way that feels realistic. I mean, the tiger thing's not super realistic, obviously. But the other one, like, they do show him getting his ass handed to him through much of that fight and getting hurt. He's not just, like, you know, knocking out seven guys with one punch and stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, like, they're kind of showing how he's, like, being, like, clever and kind of, like, using the crowd to his advantage in certain ways. Again, not saying it's, like, a believable thing. But they're doing, they're grounding it in a way that like the raid or old boy did, and so I just took that as like okay, act, crazy action spectacle. But the bridge thing to me was just like because of their just like telepathic aspect. I was like, and then we jump even crazier where it's like it's not just like oh these guys got we got to save this this kid and they do something real simple. It's like no, we have the most elaborate plan possible, and we yeah, there were several each understood ways. it. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, yeah. oh you go swim to the kid and I'll throw the rope <laughs> down to you. It wasn't like that. 
I'm going to grab this flag, you know, thinking three minutes ahead when it's going to help you cloak your <laughs> Right, yeah. <But> like, <laughs> he's going to come back through that fire. And he's he thought of the protect. whole and, thing. In and I want to be clear that every one of us here enjoyed the fuck out of this, myself included. <laughs> so this is not knocking it. I feel like there's several other scenes that we need to get into and discuss in great detail that are just like that sort of action spectacle. But should we like, I mean, maybe we go into some of the plot and to to like, before we get there, what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I could, I I think the plot itself is fairly simple, even though it's a three hour fucking movie. Uh, But like (laughs) the actual plot beats are pretty simple because they are there as a skeleton to serve for, all of this other spectacle, whether it's action-based or musical and dancing. Uh, yeah, so the the girl is effectively kidnapped. Um, our guardian is sent out by the village, or it's part of his role as, like, a village guardian um, to, uh, to kind of, like, protect these people. And so he's just dedicated. He's going to track her down and bring her back. Um, and she refers to him as brother at different points, but like, there's not, it's not supposed to be like they're related. It's just more of like an honorarium, no, I think, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. like maybe like this tribal family, like, has like a thing where many of them are like actually related. And so they might just call each yeah. other that. Yeah. So, uh, so he goes out and that's, that's what his main focus on. But, you know, along the way, uh, he's not opposed to getting some strange. And so he uh, comes across, uh, you know, uh, a, a very pretty uh, British lady um, who he falls madly in love with. And so that becomes his uh, his distraction, side quest. his side quest yeah. to this very important mission of rescuing a kidnapped girl. <laughs> well, they, they're they're all connected, connected out, though, too. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. That's where she is. I'm just yeah. I'm just I'm just calling it like I sees it. Um, you know, that's and that's soldier a, man. Yeah, that's at he, least uh... that's at least equally important to him. Um, and then our soldier guy, uh, we initially think he is just this like straight laced. I'm dedicated to the cause of the British where they, I mean, they make him look like the Terminator. They make him seem villainous because he's beating his own people. And everyone he's with is, is essentially white or like 90% are white. And there's some other Indians who are like part of, uh, the military, um, but we're shown that, you know, the, the British don't respect him. There's clearly racism involved. Like if he's like the best of the best and he's not being promoted. Um, and we know why that is. We just saw him like beat 500 people senseless. Um, and then some other dude who like, you know, was, I don't know, working the telephone somewhere. Got, he yeah. got a medal and promoted. Um, and so we're thinking initially it's kind of I mean I when I when it started I'm thinking like okay the arc for this guy is going to be he comes to see the error of his ways and I'm sitting there thinking like is that going to really work though because they make him so vicious early on where it's like are we going to have sympathy where he's like you know for the last 20 years he's just been like wailing on indian people and then he's like oh, i guess i was wrong but then we find out that it is a little more complicated and basically his village was uh overtaken by the british and his father was a revolutionary and his father was training the village and he and his father like fought off the british long enough for the village to get away and uh and he basically like ingratiated himself into the british as essentially a covert agent and so you could say oh well he's still like doing the wrong thing you know in some regards but yeah it's for a greater cause which is he wants to get at some guns um that there are a bunch of guns stored in an armory and he wants to like arm as many citizens as possible 
And so it's just this, he has this view of like basically the ends justifying the means that whatever he has to do to get to, like he wants the promotion because he has to get to that level. So he's just like, I will be the best, I will be the best terrible British person I can so that they will promote me. Um, and, uh, and, and his side quest is kind of just being the other guy's buddy, the other guy's wingman, being the best wingman in oh, the world. Man. He, exactly. He constructs a meat oh, out of nothing and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, perfect wingman too. He also has uh, a betrothed. Were they, uh, their fiance or were they, did they, were they married? I think that's right. Fiance. Okay. Yeah. And cousin. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I think a kind of an arranged marriage, but they do like love each other and stuff. And so she factors into the plot a bit, but it's not, their love story is not given the same kind of like level of importance as the other guy's love story, but she's still part of it. And yeah, so basically you have these two guys and they have, they're just dead set on their missions, uh, for the most part. But like I said, we have the side quest of, I have a friend. Um, and then the side quest of she's real pretty. Um, and so those are happening and they don't know what the deal is with each other. Um, our guardian guy has like given kind of like a fake identity. I think he lied about his religion as well mm-hmm. to throw things off. Um, but eventually they find, they find out different things about themselves. So there's sort of like levels of like the soldier finds out he's the guy I'm looking for. And eventually that guy finds out, Oh, he's after me, and then they they're finding out different things about their past and what they're trying to accomplish. So there's this kind of coming together of them, and then they become like enemies, but they still, you know, had a great week and a half together. So they really <laughs> they have some opportunities to kill the other, and they just can't do it. Um, but then eventually, I'll tell you what, they killed that dance though. <laughs> well, oh, we're, yeah. we're certainly getting sure to that, did. but. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the plot, and then they eventually come together to, uh, you know, to take everything down and save the day. So I'd say that's the the basic structure of the plot. Yeah, yeah. And the guy gets that British girl, who is uh, who is the, the niece the niece of of the the evil uh, <laughs> governor who they murder, justifiably. Yeah, and then they walk up to like kiss the end and it's just like how's this gonna and then she gets to she gets to participate in that very like hindi nationalist uh borderline propaganda (laughs) india like we did it we made it song and she's there she's just there she's like i gotta go home like i live in england should i be in this (laughs) song you guys yes i don't do anything right Yeah, they never really have her time. like wrestle with the fact that her uncle's like a monster no. or the fact that her uncle was she just killed. Yeah. Uh, she's real cute though, so whatever. <laughs> All right, so that's uh that's your plot for you, Doug. What do you want to talk about? I think we need to talk about the dance and I think we need to talk about the like fire water animal scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, the little oh, yeah. the little heist to get their kid back they come up with. Yeah, it's that's a brilliant pretty, plan, and I love sick. it. <laughs> Talk about another long con, like that whole introduction <laughs> scene where he's running from that tiger. You know, I don't know what they're doing with that tiger, but something because he says that they are. Yeah. And boy, does that come back yeah, an hour and a half later, <laughs> sure along does. with other tigers and other animals. That was brutal, and I loved it. 
they're like doing uh, uh like a breaking into the compound and then like um there's like a truck and it breaks into this compound where the girl's being held and uh, it's like a it's like a dinner party too it's like a, a there's party. a whole event happening yeah, there's nice people party. on the lawn Gala. they're yeah they're dressed Everyone's, up yeah, they're, it's fancy, yeah, and then oh man, and then it's the truck this moment the crashes truck turns, through the door, yeah. and you're like, "What are they doing?" And then you know, it's like people diving out of the way, and then he just like yanks the wheel. Yep, the truck turns, the flap comes off, so you see what's in the truck, and it's freaking animal cages, and they all just pop out at once. They open the day. cages, all open at the same time, <laughs> and our hero pops out too with two flaming sticks. Because why comes not? Out and, <laughs> The Zack Snyder slow mo yeah. kicks in. And My jaw fucking... dropped, dude. Yeah, and then like, I just well, laughed. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was giddy, and I and and then like yeah, and then because at first you think, oh, they've trained these animals to attack, but no, he gets the flame sticks just to frighten them and just disperse yeah. them into and, the crowd. And he does and have to fight them at some point. Yeah, he has yeah, to fight them off. He's fight and, and avoid these vicious beasts. Yeah, they're just and going around point, killing throws everybody. throws a leopard at a guy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> just bodily hefts a leopard yep. and throws it ten yards. <laughs> oh, there's a great bit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of fire that's like, there's like lampposts and stuff and things get knocked over. And so fi- they're inside this courtyard in essentially like a castle kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and so fire is springing up inside there and there's a great bit where he like rips off the top of a lamppost and grabs it and like holds it in his fist. So it's, I mean, it's like a, like, it's like it's a gauntlet or something. So, I mean, it's like, he's like, like brass knuckles almost, but this huge (laughs) piece of a lamppost that's on fire. Cause it's like a, it's not, you know, this is 1920. This is like a gas lamppost. So it's fiery. And then he uses it to punch a tiger in the face. Just mid-air. One punches a tiger. <laughs> mid-air. And then without even breaking a stride, and then the song kicks in, and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that dude was badass. I almost wanted him to be an, like a merciless villain because of that song. They stopped playing it at some point in the movie, and it's probably when he has a turn, but I didn't. I didn't know when it happened. I just I didn't know that it was gone until it was gone, and then I realized at some point that I'd been missing it all along. Yeah, <laughs> sorry that that happened to you. I know it's been tough. <laughs> so how about that dance fight? Oh, oh boy. Or you mean um... like like or when you say fight, you mean like the competition more? They're not like oh yeah, yeah. the dance up. Well, I love how I guess so. The setting is he gets invited to a party from the young lady and you know mm-hmm. there's some white men that don't care for him being there so he like trips him on the dance floor and then just... and i love how like the first scene where you're seeing the colonizing evil it's like pretty grisly it's violent and then the next one is like yeah but can you dance like this and just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh <laughs> they're silly villains now <laughs> can you dance like this for a very long time <laughs> And this obviously also is all done to Rednex's Cotton Eye Joe for the entirety of this. <laughs> no, I love the dance, the dance scene, and like I think that that dance scene—they had a lot of chemistry, those two actors throughout the movie—and that dance scene might have been the peak of it, in my opinion. Like they, they had they some good move. action sequences; yeah. they were well choreographed. But the energy that they brought to that was like it was giving me real Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly vibes, and it was like 
I don't know, just like so happy and and joyous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I, I had I to figure out what impressive. it meant. The song, sorry, it was yeah, Nacho I Nacho. And I didn't. Was the name of the song. I didn't know what it meant. And I was Nacho getting subtitles. That's what it means. Of the songs the Does whole it? time, what? and they were very weird lyrics. Oh. I don't, is it? You said Nacho, or I mean, it's, I haven't seen an N A A T U, like Nacho, something like that, Nacho or something. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's the, Nacho, uh, Nacho, Doug. The like they were saying subtitles nacho. said Desi Notch, and the. Google search that I did of it afterwards revealed that Nacho Nacho is like like part of the title of the song or maybe okay. that's the name of the song and the other is the dance or something like that. Yeah. But or Doug maybe it's just pronounced that, uh, oddly, uh, you know, from what we would expect. Well, the there's there's some language aspect to it because when he's singing a song not to jump forward too much because we can come back to the dance and spend a lot of more time on it if we want. Uh, when he's being uh, whipped and beaten later in the movie, <laughs> he's singing a song where he's singing his name and he's adding a, an O to the end of that too. So mm. I think like Nacha and Nacho is like, I don't know, it's like a conjugation or something like dance that. Dance and dance well, name or something. Okay. Well, question, what what language did everyone watch this in? I watch it dubbed. I watched it in Hindi. I mean, uh, yeah, dubbed. In, so it was in English. Okay, so you watch it in English. You watch it in Mine Hindi. was in Hindi, but I was watching their mouths move I, in Telugu, I learned later. Yeah. <laughs> I watched yes. it dubbed with English subtitles. Yeah. yeah, so that's just something I was going to throw out there at some point. Um, so, yeah, so just so everyone knows, anyone listening, um, it was... Uh, so it's... Telugu is the language that they uh, shot the film in, other than the British characters so british characters are all british actors or at least like white actors um and they are speaking in british english um but when i did it i don't normally watch stuff with dubs Uh, i always find it fairly distracting it's not you know another person is doing a, a different actor's performance um so i switch it to hindi assuming oh that must be what this is in and then as it was going i saw that the mouths weren't matching for the indian (laughs) characters but the white (laughs) characters was clearly like those actors voices and so i was like well wait a minute what the hell's happening here and so then i looked it up and yeah so the original was telugu um but netflix released like maybe i don't know eight or ten different languages versions of it Netflix's default is always to just put it in English when you turn something on if it's foreign. Um, so you always have to change that. Um, and so it defaults to the English dub, but uh, Hindi is actually a dub for this. But I was reading it. I guess it gets even... So the director didn't love that Netflix didn't put the original Telugu on there, which I understand. But I was reading that I guess it's a little more complicated that I think the Telugu dubbed the British people. Like... So, like, if if you're watching this in a theater in India, you wouldn't have heard the original British English from those actors. You would have heard, like, a dubbed version in Telugu, which is weird and distracting to me since the Hindi version does retain their actual dialogue. So it seems like the best version would be keep the British English the way it's supposed to be and then have the Telugu, but I don't think that actually exists. I don't think they, like, put it out that way. So I don't know why, um, but um, but yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a slight translation difference between those languages for this song title. Maybe that's what's happening. 
my wife was talking to uh she's a school teacher she was talking to some of her hindi speaking students and they were talking about the movie and they were very excited to hear that she'd seen it because she watched it with me uh she also enjoyed it by the way and uh they were like oh and she was like oh yeah and then i saw that it was you know originally shot in telugu and they were like oh i know but you can you can barely tell like it's it was so good and i mean obviously these are like high school age kids so yeah. how close attention are they paying yeah. i don't know but uh i don't know maybe the languages seem closer to them uh because they're closer to it but you could definitely yeah. tell. <laughs> well, I, I kept it on Hindi because I felt it would still feel more authentic to me of like, it's still an Indian language and it's going to be less distracting than if they're, you know, like American English and stuff. And they, I did read mm -hmm. too, that at least the main two actors, I don't know if other people did, but at least the main two actors did dub themselves in Hindi. So it's still like their performance is being delivered. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that song, uh, song and dance that they have, uh, pretty nuts pretty uh effective it's on youtube look it up if you look up rrr you know look up the name of the song or like dance scene or something you'll see it but the thing that wowed me with it is i'd say the main draw for this movie it ha as it's been in theaters and that what we've been talking about is the action the action spectacle but like that dance is crazy good and those guys are super good at it and i don't know mm -hmm. that i've ever seen like, the physicality that is required of these two guys to do the action stuff. I mean, I know it's all, like, make-believe. But still, like, they have to, like, look fucking good and do the jumps and lunges yeah, and all yeah. that kind of shit. You still have to do stuff that looks right. So the physicality that's required for that is super impressive. But then the physicality to, like, they have these, you know, like, extended dance sequences where they're where they're dancing in unison with like really complicated dance steps, at least yeah, they are in my really, eye. Really slick, subtle, you know, appendage movement. That yeah. just was like perfectly timed. Crazy <laughs> intricate. And you know, it's like, I've never seen Arnold Schwarzenegger do that in a movie. Like, I mean, you think <laughs> of like any American action hero, like I've never seen them like control their body, like be able to do that in an action way and also do it in this like much more like flowing, elegant yeah, you know, except for Channing Tatum. <laughs> okay, classically trained. No, that that's exactly what I was getting like at with the. Uh, so when we were uh, uh, bottle feeding our daughter, uh, we would put on like really visually distracting videos so that she would like you know not freak out when we take the bottle away try to burp her and stuff and we'd taken like putting on dance videos and stuff because you know she will here's people i know what people are and i can watch them move around and it's to music so we started playing a lot of like fred astaire gene kelly dance videos and your comment linton makes me feel like if fred astaire and gene kelly were doing their thing now and were in action movies but <laughs> that was still a part of entertainment culture to have like musicality about it, like has been retained or, you know, as prevalent as it is in like Hindi movies or Indian movies and Bollywood and Tollywood, like that's super important to them. And it reminds me of like the, the importance that like when you watch Korean and Japanese, like pop artists and stuff, how like, the dance is such an important part of what they're doing and it has to be perfect 
and you can do all the action movies and action sequences in the world and in Indian uh, cinema. But if you don't have the songs, then it's not complete in some way. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. But I would argue the shoulder stacked fight scene and uh, the animal brutality was maybe more amazing. Sure. But they actually did the dances, which is different. They didn't actually have an elk gore a man's <laughs> arm clean off. <laughs> or that did we they? know of. Well, <laughs> they specifically say that all the animals in the movie are computer generated, which So was that meant that means that they just ripped that man's arm off, Devin. They must have yeah. <laughs> green screen. They added the elk in it. Yeah. The guy was like wearing a green suit and just like came up and ripped it pulled him off, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say, so, I mean, uh, the action is super impressive. The uh, dancing is super impressive. I thought, for me personally, I thought some of the lyrics were a little lackluster. <laughs> some of the song lyrics, at least in the version of how they are translated uh, through, like, the Hindi and then, you know, translated to American English. Um, they were, like, real on the nose to the exact situation yeah. that was happening. Oh, it's and, just Randy Newman singing about what he's seeing. Yeah, and like, I mean, I didn't write them down like as I was going, I just kept noticing it but then um, there was like one key moment where I was like, alright I have to write this one down and it's where it's like, I think it's like the the Guardian guy has been captured and he's been whipped and they're going to kill him and his friend, the soldier, is the one who's doing the whipping and he's like going to be putting him to death and it's all in front of like a crowd of, you know, a bunch of Indian people and then like the, the evil British and um, and he refuses to kneel, he refuses to submit and it's all presented very well and then eventually like he escapes, the crowd overcomes people and stuff but then there's this conflict between him and the soldier and they're like hanging off a balcony and grabbing each other and all this kind of shit. And then there's like a song that's going on and, you know, they're like locked eyes and, you know, because they still care about each other. They're still friends, but they're just on the polar opposite of stuff. And so it's like the guy's like hanging from the balcony. It's like, is his friend going to kill him? Is he going to kill his friend? And the song is singing like, it's yet to be seen if this will end in bloodshed. And it's just like, like just so on the nose, like at every point. And I don't know. I, it, it brought me out of it a little bit when, when it got oh, yeah. so explicit. There, there's, the there's song plenty basically of, yeah, moments about for like three minutes. Will they kill each other? Won't they kill each other? It's a real will they, won't they relationship. There, there are times where the dialogue does that, not just in the songs where it was just really? these cringy moments where I was just like, uh, when he first goes to the house with the, with Jenny and, uh, she's sitting down in a room with him and she's just like, Oh, you're such a nice guy. And you have such nice eyes. Those deep expressive eyes that always look like they're searching for something. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe a child, some sort a of child yeah. who has been captured and taken away. <laughs> We have one of those, you know. <laughs> Mother brought home another one. Can I say also, speaking of the abduction of that little girl, that when we get to the end of the spoilers, you know, we've yeah. already done a few. And the mom of the what? girl is still alive. I was so sure she, she died in that. Oh, situation. yeah. She was, I was Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that she was still alive. Yeah, I just assumed and she was And looking there. fine. Like, they had a big reunion. Fun. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
really yeah, they, all they, they people clock, are super They clock human. her in the head real good with a yeah, big oh, yeah. piece of wood. Um, yeah, all right. So we talked a little bit about the piggyback gunfight. Anything else we want to throw out on that? That was how I referred to it. Another, so we haven't touched on another uh, kind of the climactic. I don't, I don't even know if you can say that the the last couple of fight scenes are climactic because every single fight scene is climactic. Yeah, yeah. I climaxed during all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when they're doing the the fight in the woods and like you see the true Rama when he's like all decked out and like. Hindi spiritual garb and shooting in bows and arrows and stuff and uh it was you know very uh very cool which he gets all but hawkeye they... with uh with those arrows with yeah. grenades and shit oh yeah yeah that oh, was and then too. like not only the grenades attached to them but like there are several moments when the arrows are flying into dudes and hot on the heels of the arrow is like another arrow you don't see them fired in rapid succession but you see them so close to each other that there's no way that they weren't fired at the same well, it's time. like just like uh you know gene wilder and blazing saddles we just it's just too imperceptible to the eye yeah there was so much there but at one uh, point he like kicks an arrow through a tree uh, into yeah, a dude's oh, yeah. head and then there's well, another piece the arrow of... doesn't hit the guy it stops in the it tree stops, and he's like, yeah. oh and then the guy he just runs and kicks it the rest of the way into his face and i think at one scene he just grabbed an arrow out of the air or something and killed yeah. four dudes in rapid succession just like oh there, there was one bit dur- during all of that he uh uh i think the so our guardian guy is riding a motorcycle that he takes, which we're definitely going to have to talk about that in a moment, but he's riding a motorcycle. And then there's like a horse, like a, a guy gets, one of the soldiers gets knocked off his horse. And so the horse is just like running through the woods and our uh, guy, our soldier guy, who's looking all like uh last of the Mohicans and shit. Um, he's got long hair and arrows and, you know, stripped to the waist and that kind of stuff. Uh, they're finishing up killing, the british battalion and i don't know he like jumps from something and he like shoots one last arrow to kill somebody like shoots in the air and like turns in the air and then of course lands on the horse to keep galloping away and i was like of course that that has to be what happens here yeah i like they finishing that fight scene get to the assault on this military installation fort or whatever and uh, I don't exactly remember. Somebody does, I'm sure. How things start blowing up. Oh yeah, but so much of it blows up, and then they cut to what seemed to be an infinite number of rooms filled with dynamite. Yeah, like the whole place All is next just to dynamite. Each other. Some sort yeah. of, and it's not even like. It's yeah, like, here's like the, there's an the explosion the from the dynamite room yeah. spreading to the explosion <laughs> in the bullet room spreading to the explosion in another dynamite room. And he's still able to get all those a lot of those guns out of there. He just yeah. pulls yeah. approximately two tons of guns behind him. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as like uh, insane feats that we witness, my absolute favorite, which is this is something that I saw in the trailer I knew about this movie some months ago. Um, I think it was getting some buzz. And so I knew about it maybe before it hit Netflix. And then our friend Steve saw it and he loves action stuff and he was praising it. So it had been on my radar for a while. But when I watched the trailer, uh, 
the tiger scene was definitely in there. And then this part was in there. And, uh, and, and the part is, so they're, they're battling the British, this British battalion. So it's like, you know, 50 guys or something. And it's two of them against the rest of the, the battalion. And, uh, they're wiping them all out, obviously. But yeah, there's like one guy who's on a motorcycle and our guardian guy just stops the motorcycle as it's running, just like yep. stops it dead in its tracks with his own strength. And I think it float throws the guy off, right? Doesn't it like he yeah. stop uh-huh. he just like Probably. flings off. And then so it's like if that wasn't if the movie's like Oh, is that not enough crazy shit for you? Then he just physically picks up the motorcycle like it's a two by four. Like it's like like it's a kind of heavy log that he had to, you know, like move on his property or something and just starts swinging it and like knocks a guy out with it. Um, Homer Simpson did that. (laughs) Simpsons did it. Yeah. They had a motorcycle fight. Is that when they? Is that the one with the, with the biker Hell's gang, Angels yeah. biker gang? Yeah, the Hell Satan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at that point, my comment was just like, I guess these guys just have actual superpowers because, and, like, it was crazy up to that point. Like, even the bridge stuff was obviously crazy, but I think the bridge stuff you could still say is like, this is crazy, over the top action. But that was a moment where it's like. You can't give me any explanation other than he just has Hulk strength. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> and it, like, it's in that earlier sequence when, you know, with the animals and the, the raid when they're trying to get the girl back, and, you know, one of the guards, like, brings the girl inside and then, like, locks the door. And so he's like, well, I gotta get at that key now. And then I'm thinking, like, you sure you can't just kick that door down because you've done some pretty crazy <laughs> right. shit. You're not even going to try to just get a good running start and kick that door through. Kool-Aid like... man through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the, and I, you know, I don't know what the plaster work is like in 1920s <laughs> India, but like Brahma, the, the soldier guy is like freaking out when he finds out that, this is the guy he's after and he doesn't know what to do. And he's so conflicted and he starts punching the wall and like every hit is ripping holes in the thing. Yeah. It's like the friggin' subway fight scene in the matrix when they're just (laughs) knocking chunks out of walls. Uh, I will say along with, we've talked, you know, a good bit on the action. uh, It's not just that the action and spectacle is like incredibly fun over the top and well done. The movie itself is also just very well shot. It just looks mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. good. Um, and, you know, to the degree where it's like, it's not surprising that this director has directed, like I said at the top, three of the six highest grossing movies in India. Like, because you can just tell the, like, level of quality, like, that we're we're deep in this guy's career. So he knows what the fuck he's doing. And so, like, even when it's not action, it's just like every shot just looks terrific on screen. Like the lighting and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange to watch a movie that's filled with so many baffling decisions, at least to my taste. And then, but clearly know that there's very competent people behind this production. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like the plot of, uh, of a, and, and some of the writing uh, and is of like a B movie, like it, you know what I mean? But then right. it, within the like perfection of, of super well-funded, super well-directed, yeah. uh, everything else. And well, it's really well-acted too, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that of like super well-funded and well-directed, uh, 
So I read that, so I'm just, this is quoted from Wiki. American filmmaker James Cameron uh, met the director at the Critics' Choice Award, revealing that uh, he watched the film twice, first by himself and second time with his wife. Cameron was impressed with the film, analyzed it with uh, Raja Muli, and told him, if you ever want to make a movie over here, let's talk. So <laughs> we could possibly Avatar be getting a, a James Cameron, Raja Muli team-up movie, which, uh, you know, who what knows? What would that even look like? <laughs> well, I, I would think James know. Cameron would. a different wavelength. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't know that I agree because I think Cameron would produce it. You know, they wouldn't, like, co-direct. Yeah, right. um, but then, yeah, I mean, you know, Cameron is crazy about action, obviously. And yeah, so I'm sure yeah. he loved what was going on there. So it would just be interesting if, like, if Cameron with his clout was basically able to kind of, like, oh, yeah, let's uh, let's bring this guy. I mean, not, I mean, this guy could probably come over no matter what with the success of this. Yeah. But if Cameron kind of served as his uh, gateway to that, we could end up with something really fucking crazy. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see this director do something in kind of like an American context where it's like like a James Cameron-esque movie, but with his kind of like visual eye. Like, uh, yeah, that 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 would be that might be cool. I'm kind of I'm kind of wanting the opposite. I want American films to do this. I want them to like unleash mm. the the <laughs> over the top everything. I'm like, bring it, bring it, all of it put it all together i think if you like, throw some musical numbers into fast and furious you're almost there yeah, yeah. well i i would say that if he were to come over here and and do some i mean i'm not saying like he has to become an american director now but if he were what you're asking for doug might actually happen because if you look at like john woo like john woo came to the united states and a lot of directors and i'm not saying it like was super successful but a lot of directors then tried to ape his style and like his style became a specific thing of like okay well we can do action movies like this so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if other ones tried to emulate it and it's interesting but then he came over and did face off and hard target well i was looking at face off when you were talking linton when you mentioned john woo before you even got there i was trying to see if there was a james cameron in the producer list okay. of faced off i don't know if there was something that that brought john woo over here before that okay is it something that i think that uh like to, to what you guys are saying like american action film does certainly go over the top but like a lot of times the the way that it goes over the top is through weapons and what people can do with weapons mm -hmm. and like uh, you know like all of the school weaponry and killing like rambo style hundreds of dudes at once or whatever and this guy just seems to be invincible not in physical strength and agility and speed but he's invincible in some sense in terms of like the like he bullets can't hit him and mm -hmm. he can hit everybody it's like even like a john wick type movie right mm -hmm. where just killing hundreds of dudes at once and like that's okay but so then why why isn't it not okay in, in american films to have uh the over-the-top physical like the why wouldn't this guy be able to grab a motorcycle and throw it like what's more realistic mm -hmm. like the grabbing of the motorcycle and throwing it or john wick killing yeah. 400 guys and never <laughs> even coming close to death right and right. so like let's take that what we already do of like impossible uh, gunfights and and uh, and apply it to impossible real fights. I don't think you'll ever see it. I want to see shame. it, man. I want to see it. You'd have to have like I don't know if Edgar Wright decided to do like a over the top action movie or something in the style of one of these things. Like I think that it would be 
build as a comedy and not as an action movie because you know the big studios in hollywood are going with what's safe and they want believability but relatability and we have to explain it and and let's just follow the formula kind of thing and it's super frustrating i think there is a grounded quality too though that like audiences or at least american slash western audiences to some degree expect um of just if things get too out there i'm not saying i don't like out there stuff i do but if things get too out there it can start to seem like well, what is this movie about or what is it trying to do or what are the rules that we're working within mm-hmm. um and i feel like the mcu as an example like that was something where superhero movies obviously we had had good ones but we had had tons of bad ones and when marvel decided all right we're gonna like do this whole fucking universe part of it was we need to establish what Marvel means as a brand on screen. And I remember back early on, there was even discussion amongst film people or comic book fans of like how the early Marvel ones were all science-based, like all the heroes, like Iron Man, Hulk and stuff. Like it was all grounded in some kind of science and to the degree of people were raising questions. And I think Marvel was aware of it. It was like, well, how do you do Thor? Because there are there are Marvel characters that obviously are not science based, they're magical based, and they're other things, they're crazy out there stuff. And so then in Thor, which is a terrible movie, but still they they at least address in Thor, it's like uh they have that line. I wish they would have done more with it, but they have the line where they quote Arthur C. Clarke about um you know, Arthur C. Clarke said that um any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And so uh, I think Thor is aware of that quote or something. He says, I come from a place where they're one and the same or something. I still think they should have done more with it, but they basically explain it away by like, oh, it's not magic. It's just super crazy tech that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as MCU has gone on, they've kind of like, they keep trickling into more magical based things. And I think they've acclimated the audience to that. So now if it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like in, what was it, fucking Moon Knight? We've got, like, Egyptian demigods and shit rising from the dead, and we're just all like, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> um, but I think at one time they were, you know, trying to, like, ground us to a degree, so. I guess I don't need grounded. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I see what, definitely what Marvel did, and I think that that's cool in the way that they slowly developed it. But, like, for me, like, if you want to start the movie with, with something crazy, uh, apparently I'm okay with that. I didn't know that I was until I watched this film, but I know that I am now. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of background things I can throw out there, just uh, film-related things, um, just a couple minor things. So just for anyone, if you're wondering, because I was, why is the movie called RRR? Does anyone know? I will tell you all. But did it's anyone an read acronym. This? I know that. They used the letters in the title cards for the sections of the movie. Yes, they did throw that in as like a little said, playful uh, branding thing. The so, Rise, uh, Roar, Revolt. Yeah, so, well, originally started, they it was just a, a placeholder name uh, by the director. Um, so Rajamuli, Ram Sharan, and Rama Rao, uh, who, that's the director and the two leads. So they he just did that as just sort of like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to call this. And we're the creative forces behind it. So he just called it RRR. But then he was just liking that more and more as the title. So it's basically unexplained within the film. There's nothing, there's no like device or anything that's called anything. So like we don't know anything. 
but it does come up on screen. Uh, so that was a tentative title. They went with it. Um, and, uh, and he also, he said he also felt it was a universal title across languages, uh, a universal title across all languages is essential for the film of such a scale. So he wanted just like something like simple. He thought it would be beneficial for that, which makes sense. Um, and then, uh, so it's rise, roar, revolt, which is what pops up. Um, I think when we see it at some, I mean, we're like a good 25, 30 minutes in or something before we see that show up, but, uh, they have RRR and then they have it kind of like below it. Um, but the literal translation in the original, uh, Telugu is a uh, rage, war, and blood, but those are, I believe, RRR in those languages, like the words that are chosen for huh. those. Um, but yeah, so it's some kind of, ver uh, iteration on rage war blood rise roar revolt in like the various languages that are out there yeah that's cool i wonder if there's a comprehensive list of the words they chose in each of the languages because you said it was translated into several right yeah be all similar words yeah, yeah I, like I think the I mean, some the of blood in it i like yeah. that based in like root words and stuff um and then i did read that a sequel is being written um, so initially they weren't like sure that they were going to do anything. Um, and I, I also just, uh, I didn't throw this out there, but, uh, Raja Muli's father co-wrote the script. So I guess he was like a, he's a prolific writer, you know, in India and has written films and stuff. So I think he developed it and then Raja Muli added elements to it as well. Um, but so I think his father is working on some kind of story for a sequel um, I think basically because it became such a phenomenon, they're like, okay, I guess you all love it. So <laughs> yeah, they're we'll right. It. There needs to be seven more of these. Yes. <laughs> Bring it up to present date. Just keep going through the history. Of well, and, and each time they just add another R <laughs> to the name. <laughs> and then we get some prequels that are just R and RR. Yeah. Rise, war, revolt, make new government, bureaucracy. It gets kind of boring after this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay uh anything else we want to throw out there before we wrap up one funny note i had when i was watching it and since you mentioned this earlier Linton, i'll bring it up uh so the scene when he's they're trying to braveheart him the main the main guy and get him to like confess his crimes in the public square and the his friends like got the whip and he's lashed him and it's you know it's a big like a big scene and then you know it awesome. ends with him yeah he he starts singing and he riles the crowd and they all start attacking and then like they they shove him in the police truck and they drives away and then like it cuts to the soldier guy coming back to that same place at night where it's like the streets all empty and the barbed wires all over the place and like you know there was like a stage i was just like i just blurted out woodstock 99 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just like, and I don't know if anyone else thought that, but it just like popped into my head when I saw like the wreckage of that scene because it looks so similar. Yes, we were talking about this before the show started, but if you haven't seen it, watch uh, the Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix. It is uh, what was the first part of it? Um, train wreck, train wreck, Woodstock '99. It's a three-part documentary series. Oh. Uh, I didn't know much about it. Um, and uh, it is a crazy watch. Uh, yeah, pretty bad <laughs> all around, but but mostly driven by the people running it uh, just being horrendously negligent. <laughs> um, 
the only other point that I'm glad you mentioned that scene, Eric, the only other point I'd noted was as I was watching that scene, and it's probably as long as it is because of the song and, you know, they're finishing the song. So they're still doing the flogging, but it got me wondering what's the longest flogging scene in cinema history. And I have to wonder if this is not up there. Hmm. I don't know that there's an answer on the internet, but. Well, Devin, you may be forgetting about a great film called The Passion of the Christ. It could not have been that long. I thought most of that movie was the flogging scene. (laughs) No, man. I feel like that was like a regular length flogging scene, albeit a very notable one. But this was like, I don't know, how long is a musical number? Like, this was three and a half minutes long. I think Doug's doing some math right now. I think he, yeah, he, he has the Passion of the Christ on Blu-ray pulled up at all moments and is just flicking I mean, through it right We got now. 12 Years a Slave. We got uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, that one was 12 years long. We, uh, yeah, it was. Uh... Is, this, is, this like a, is this like a BuzzFeed best flogging scenes ever? No, I'm just simple Google search and I'm scanning like the results page. I'm getting some weird stuff here, so I don't know how uh, far down Roots, this Roots, <laughs> Roots had a famous uh, scene, but it was on TV. It probably wasn't very long. Who would have thought when you Google search whipping scene movie, <laughs> you get some weird results? There apparently is a book called Lash, The Hundred Great Whipping Scenes of Men. from <laughs> 2004 book, and it's that's what it's all about. Uh, Doug has already clicked buy it now (laughs) do 50 shades of grey scenes count as like flogging if a a whip hits skin it counts (laughs) Okay, but you have to see the whip hit the skin no I guess you don't as long as it's like you're seeing either the facial reaction of the person getting whipped the person doing the whipping or the whip hitting the skin. Well, flogging Indiana scene. Jones and the Dial of Destiny still has a shot to uh, best all of these. <laughs> it's still hanging out there. Um, yeah, he's going to just crack in that whip for three straight yeah. hours. Interrogate the bad guy by <laughs> whipping him. Then the bad guy starts singing a song <laughs> that is primarily just his name. And then he bleeds and the blood touches a woman's foot. And somehow it bestows her with rebelliousness. <laughs> yes. Don't you get it? There was, so last point about that scene. Speaking of the blood trail that touches the woman's foot and ignites rebellion. He, there's a moment where he looks at the the ground and the foot before he starts really bleeding in earnest. And he has this look on his face that he's got an idea of some kind. And it's like, is the idea that he's going to bleed his magic blood? (laughs) Yes. And that he's tracked the trajectory the blood will take to ensure that it will touch this woman's foot. And that that's that's the the way out. We saw it earlier on the bridge scene. It's just like he points at the crowd and he's like, you're it. Here comes my blood. You know what to do. (laughs) I got it. I don't know. I think the song bestowed some magical quality to the blood mm. that, that fanned the flames of hatred in the people that were watching. All right. That's my fan theory. Would we recommend RRR? So it depends definitely. on who we're talking about. Yeah. 
and also yes just i mean i would recommend this to everybody man other than maybe kids under the age of 10 (laughs) i was was hoping you're gonna say like five or something (laughs) or average americans over the age of i don't know 58 i think they still need to see it i think they need to see it (laughs) they should You actually already recommended it to a coworker uh, that is more of like a, you know, not really into movies, but like she and her, she has like three older sons and uh, they're into like action stuff. And um, so I'm like, man, I think that you'd really enjoy it. I think that it, it you should go for it. And uh, it's got the musical aspect. I mean, it blends them in a cool way. Like I, this is a movie. I feel like something for everybody. The something world needs me. to see it. Yeah. Sometimes my dad wouldn't hate this movie. Like, there's a shot he could actually oh, just, yeah. like straight up. Oh, I, I mean, I'm like, sure he would enjoy some of the action yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's a very like easy like plot that it, you know maybe he'd like the dance sequences too. I'm not sure. You know, he was watching White Christmas over the holidays. <laughs> yeah, like, anyone R-R-R who's not... and White Christmas. You're yeah. here first. <laughs> RRR and White Christmas are a great, uh, great double feature. So. Great pairing, yeah. Any anyone would enjoy this who is not an infant or the elderly, we'll say. So just if you're immunocompromised or you fall into one of those groups, this movie might not be for you. But everyone in between, it deserves a viewing. Hey, let me stop everything. I got important news: the longest whipping scene in film history. Uh, this is I've, I've got it. It's uh, Vengeance for Vengeance, 1968, Mario uh, Colucci, Spaghetti Western, Vendetta per Vendetta is what it's called. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get an exact number on the uh, on the length, but uh, feel free to talk amongst yourselves yeah. while I get that information. Check on that, Doug. It's, it's very important <laughs> research you're doing. Okay. Um, let me get there. Yeah, uh, any other thoughts from you two boys? And I'll throw in my two cents. So I don't know the 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 truth to this, but um, when my wife was again talking to her students about it, they seemed to be indicating that there's not a universal regard for this movie among uh, people of Indian descent or people that are from India or in India. And it seems that part of the backlash may be too strong a word, but um, the difference of opinion on it is that because mixed reception maybe yeah yeah i think that's a fair way to put it is it was very like hindi centric and like hinduism and and uh the religious aspect of that country's culture like it's not uniform there's not homogeneity there's a lot of different languages there's a lot of different cultures and religions um and it's presented, I think, in a way that's almost like religious nationalism or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fanning like pride for the Indian heritage and the Indian history, but only from the lens of Hinduism mm-hmm. and what that's meant for the country. Sure. So if you're like you don't see uh, like uh, Gandhi in that honor roll at the end maybe coincidentally Gandhi was also a proponent I've learned of uh, like religious freedom and stuff. So they like, these are all people who are important to Indian history, but the movie is at its core, a Hinduism Hmm. 
like Hinduism in India, hmm. kind of uh, nationalism. Doug, what do you got on the uh, the length of that whipping? Stick? I was actually more interested in that conversation. I couldn't get I couldn't get a I couldn't get a number. I, with that, I tried to find the scene on YouTube, try to watch it real fast, couldn't get anything. Try to well, you can't watch it real fast because apparently it's longer than yeah, three so and a half long. minutes. Well, ballpark. Yes. What, what are we? Is it like eight minutes? You think? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little bit of a shot in the dark, but I feel like it's probably more like a good four. Which of solid whipping, that's still kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder how much the whips are broken up, though. Like, is there like some whipping, some dialogue? We're gonna going have to. We're gonna have whip? to get into that. We're gonna have to. Maybe that's for the next show. That's the next movie. Yeah, that's the next that's, movie. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do an addendum episode based solely on whipping. Um, so. Solely on the whipping scene from that one movie, yeah. and it's also an hour and a half <laughs> yeah. long. All right. So for myself, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend RRR. Uh, I think the uh, stipulations that have been thrown out make sense. Uh, children and the elderly. Uh, what's that line from The Simpsons, Erica? Springfield's heir has now been ruled unsafe <laughs> oh. only for children and the elderly. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, like it's it's going to be too intense for for kids, obviously. Um, I mean, I would say like kids who watch PG thirteen movies, I think can handle. I mean, there's definitely some like violence that's beyond those, but I mean, it's yeah. Uh, I, I think you could watch that kind of stuff. So you get into teens. Um, yeah, older people probably aren't going to love it. Um, based on it's just drastically different in a lot of ways from things we are used to as a Western audience. It's very long. Uh, even though it is engaging, it's going to be, like I said, long, different. It's a different culture. Uh, people are going to potentially feel lost or potentially feel racist. Um, and then depending on what version you watch, if it's like in, you know, dubbed English might be easier for some people or if they're watching it, you know, with like the Hindi or even Telugu, uh, Telugu um, could pose some difficulties. So, yeah, uh, I think a lot of film fans are going to love it. And I think some more open-minded people are going to love it. I think action people already do and will continue to love it. I think this will be something that will, like, action fans will point to for decades to come. Like, even once the, like, kind of big thing about it blows over a bit in the next few years, people will point back and be like, no, 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 you got to watch RRR. That's that's yeah. the good shit. Um and, so, and I also wouldn't be surprised if maybe the director has some previous stuff he's made that, like, maybe isn't to this level in an action spectacle, but maybe some of those things start to get kind of discovered of, like, oh, this is like a B plus. This one's good, too. Like, who knows? Um, all right. But, yes, I definitely recommend it. It is a lot of fun. Very interesting. Very well done. I'm uh, interested to see what else this guy does, uh, especially if he ends up doing something in the american market uh if there's a sequel to rrr i likely will be watching it whatever his next project will be i'll try to keep an eye out to see you know what uh what he has up his sleeves uh all right so can i find this um the original te uh telugu language is on zee5 -E which focuses on indian films that is like a streaming service specific to Indian films. So I was reading online. Apparently, that is the place that you can go to see it. Sounded like maybe it's the only place that you can see it in its original language. Um, otherwise, the only place that you can see it, like legally, that I could see, uh, is it's streaming on Netflix in Hindi dub, uh, English dub, and other options as well. And we watched, some of us watched, you know, different versions for that. Um, but I saw, you know, there was maybe six or seven other options on there. 
Uh, so Netflix appears to have like kind of exclusive rights for that. I don't know if it'll eventually open up, um, you know, because sometimes these things are on, you know, Apple TV and Amazon, all these kind of things. But Netflix was the only thing listed. So I don't know if they flat out bought the rights or if they just own the rights currently or whatever, but it is on there. Uh, it is not on DVD and is not on Blu-ray, at least yet. Uh, the movie only came out in 2022. Um, I don't know what the actual release date was, if it was like spring or summer or what. Um, but uh, So it hasn't been out super long. Um, but I would say whether or not it will hit Blu-ray, it's going to be real crapshoot because it depends on what deal they struck with Netflix and then stuff that's on streamers these days, it's always kind of like up in the air whether or not they go to physical media, unfortunately. And then I was looking it up just out of curiosity and some people were talking on like Reddit, uh, people who were from India were saying like that Indian like physical media market was actually pretty good, but then like COVID hit and kind of like killed it or really hurt it or whatever i'm guessing maybe like distribution but also the ease of streaming probably both things so they were just questioning whether or not uh this would end up getting released but i don't know my money is on i would think it would have to get released in some market uh just because it seems to be sort of a worldwide phenomenon so some even like smaller dvd blu-ray press is going to be like there's a value in this to put out a, a region-free version of this movie or something. So it might be coming, but as of right now, it is not. Um, all right, so that wraps us up for RRR. Uh, we all had a lot of fun with it, and I hope you go check it out and have fun with it as well. Um, but next, we are looking at a different foreign, unusual movie that is on Netflix. We are going to look at the recent film Skins which uh, we can talk about then. I will leave it uh, purposely vague until then. All right, skins coming up next. <laughs>